Welcome back to The Sunday Show. I'm Rodney Cyrus. I hope you're okay and I'm glad you're with me. We are going back over some of the key stories uh, this week or the key stories that I thought were relevant. So we're looking back, you can see certain things. The old fox and the new foxes grabbed the sporting headlines in terms of the world of football. Vardy, Saka, Greenwood getting the praise following goals and they displayed the range of talents that is right across the Premier League. Young and old scoring goals is good. It's definitely good for the game and good for sport and good for sports followers. However, it was VAR and the gang of VAR who were at it again, giving us more headache in terms of the lack of decision, lack of decision-making, the indecisive approach that they are having. But we're not going to start there. We're going to go elsewhere in the world of sport and we're going to talk about athletes and athletics and athletes abroad. We are in a very very different world and I'm going to say hello to uh, someone on the far side of planet earth, Jessica how are you? Uh, we're in a very very different world in, in terms of sport and how we are seen or should I say we sports individuals, sports personalities are seen when they're on the track, when they're on the field, when they're on the podium, they are held up as heroes. But when they're out and about doing their day-to-day -day jobs in terms of being a parent, if they're shopping, if they're going about their, their business, walking the dog, pushing their children in a pushchair, or just generally driving home with their partner and child, you can bet your bottom dollar. They don't expect to be stopped by the police, but some of the athletes within the UK have been stopped. Now, the experience has been seen, their experience, should I say, has been seen on social media. Uh, a, a mother, desperate not to be handcuffed in front of their three-month-old baby, was seen and heard to be in distress as the police officers not only stopped their car, forcibly removed them from their car. They're athletes. They've represented their country. They have run races. We have cheered them on in competition. And it is a very, very strange thing to see people that you cheer on or at the weekend uh, on a podium, in a stadium, being uh, subjected to harassment, or say harassment, treatment by uh, the long arm of the law. UK athletes who are normally on the front line in terms of being role models were stopped and searched. And it's very, very difficult to take. Full, full video footage is all across social media. And what I wanted to know, and what I, 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 the, the thing that jumped out to me is I've never ever seen uh, particular athletes from a demographic of, of any given population being stopped by the police where they are hauled from their car, handcuffed in front of their, their child, even though they're pleading that they haven't done anything wrong. And then when challenged, the police say, we have done nothing wrong, we are not guilty of doing anything wrong. The individuals were uh, deemed to be driving in, 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 in such a way as that, that were endangering the lives of others by driving on the other side of the road and they would not be doing anything in terms of an apology and then three or four days later there's an apology. The police have said that they have um, you know put themselves forward to be investigated. The police investigating themselves. Now so far in terms of their conduct with members of the general public from the BME community, I wouldn't necessarily say by putting themselves forward to be uh, investigated by themselves is going to go some way. But in terms of the world of sport, how often do we see 
sports stars, athletes, tennis players being stopped and searched by police, pulled out of their car, handcuffed. I mean, it's very, very rare that we see anything. We've never seen body cam footage from any outraged, and I'll say it, white athletes who's been stopped and searched or handcuffed for driving. Never. We have seen well-known celebrities crash their car. And the only thing we see is the footage of the car that has been crashed. And then there is a statement made by the agent. It is dealt with swiftly. It is dealt with calmly. And more often than not, there is an apology. There is a theme for me this week in terms of what I've seen within the sporting world. There have been many great things. I've watched lots of football. The cricket is on. I don't necessarily take to cricket. I, I didn't enjoy it as a, as a child. But as a sport, it's back on. Motor racing is back. The football is back. People are watching the games, even though they said they wouldn't. They're, they're desperate to see their teams get three points, to get into the Champions League, to win the FA Cup, to win the Europa League Cup. They want all of those things and more. The same would be for athletes. But what you don't want is your athletes, your role models, because there is a there is a young child out there who has seen their role model on television handcuffed, and it's going to send a very, very strange message. A strange message in a world where we expect sport to be so much more in times of change. We expect sports and sports stars to be role models and change makers. If we see those change makers being handled, mishandled, misrepresented, lied to, denied their rights, and then in the same week said, oh yeah, by the way, we were wrong and we'll issue an apology, you kind of get the feeling that your heroes definitely aren't that special and you're pretty much on the same path as your heroes, even though they're doing something that they say they love and enjoy. We'll see what happens and whether this story with regards to the athletes who were stopped and searched while driving their car on their way home with their child uh, has any more teeth as it develops over the coming weeks and months. But I doubt very much that the athletes in question will let this go. And it is something that, that will stay with them probably much longer than if they had actually won a gold medal for the country in which they live in or represent. Elsewhere in the week, we have seen <laughs> Uh, the, the theme of bullying and, and discrimination is heavy. It's something that never gets away. And when you talk about sport, you, you, you believe that sport has what they call it's a level playing field. It's far from the truth. We so readily look upon gymnasts in awe of their achievements. We are blinded by their flexibility, their poise, their strength. But we take for granted, I do definitely, as viewers, as to what it takes to achieve the recognition or even reach to the standard where people actually know their name. You know, there are many gymnasts that we don't know. News this week, this week, apart from the athletes, the gymnasts, where we saw headlines, British gymnasts, where they were going to actually investigate claims or allegations of abuse and bullying. Uh, some of the elite athletes were claiming that there is a culture of fat shaming and this is widespread in the sport. Uh, getting to the top of any sport, whether it's football, athletics, tennis, rugby, motor racing, takes guts and it takes determination. It takes a certain amount of hours. It takes some determination. It takes a certain kind of isolation as well. But no one would imagine it would take a little bit in terms of 
the emotional damage that it requires. And there is an emotional aspect in terms of what you go through yourself as an individual, but you would expect that you are actually in a framework where there is support. That's not the case for gymnasts. They are saying that there has been emotional bullying. There has been emotional damage that they have incurred. Sports bodies wax lyrical about employing psychologists to eke out the extra 5%, the extra 10%, to push them beyond the 100%, get them to 110, get them to 120%. We don't expect to hear that the emotional support is in reality emotional trauma brought upon by bullying. And that's what's been said. And that's what's been um, raised this week by some of the, the actual gymnasts. We don't believe it at all. You know, as a, a football fan, uh, I have heard many comments around footballers' weights. I've heard it. I've heard it in pubs. I've heard it in, I've heard it in chats. I've heard it in commentary. We live in a very visual world where the value of our skill is based on our weight. Sometimes people say, you know, it's no good because they're overweight. It's heard. You hear it all the time. Body dysmorphia occurs within every single one of us. It doesn't matter how fit we look. It doesn't matter how many muscles we have. There's always that moment when we go to the mirror. And even though we may be perfection to someone else, we think, I'm overweight. I could lose a few more pounds. I could gain a few more inches on my bicep. I could, you know, there's always that conversation that the individual has with themselves. But when we review the picture, and we're talking about the sporting picture in terms of excellence across the spectrum of sport, with a wider lens, the emotional strain of looking good or being slim can be damaging. There is no question. And no one expects to go to work, whether you work in a library, whether you work in a petrol station, whether you work in your local chemist, and for someone to judge you by your weight. Only in the world of sport does that happen. And it seems to be more so around gymnastics or prevalent in gymnastics. And the damage in terms of gymnastics has been devastating. Details within the Guardian newspaper indicate that there is an independent inquiry into the allegations of serious physical harm and emotional abuse. The gymnast, um, Francesca Fox, claimed that she was being told consistently that she looked fat and she looked like a hippo, and she was weighed multiple times throughout the day. Multiple times. How many times can you weigh someone with one day? This in itself is shocking, and it should never happen. Ever, ever, ever happen. You know, I recognize um, that there are measures in place to assess how effective any individual is within their workplace. You know, if you work in education, someone's gonna come in and assess your lesson. They're going to measure your um, effectiveness. They're going to see whether you engaged. They're going to say whether or not you met the competencies or did you actually fulfill the learning objective of those you are actually teaching. But at no point is anyone going to ever say, do you mind standing on the scales because we think you put on too many pounds. If they walked around any school, they would see donuts and biscuits everywhere. So why, in terms of gymnastics, when you know that individuals are having to refrain from eating sugary diets, drinks, cakes, biscuits, that they are putting themselves in a certain bracket within a certain percentile of the population who want to achieve, who want to excel, who wants to do well, that you would then ridicule them about their weight and then ask them to constantly weigh themselves. 
that doesn't sound like emotional support. That sounds like bullying. That sounds like microaggression. That sounds like something that should never, ever happen. And it shouldn't. And it's shocking that we're in this world today that you're having gymnasts that are actually being brave enough to, to tell it as it is. They have been bullied. You know, on a side note, recently I watched a film called The Black Swan. It had been out a few years. I knew nothing about it. I watched it. I couldn't believe what I saw in terms of, within the film context, the routine, the rigour, the, the determination, the isolation, the mental insecurities that some ballet dancers have because they need to be number one, not eating, self-harming, all of those things in ballet. Gymnast, I doubt, is any different. But if you are not in a really safe place where the individuals around you who are meant to take care of you, who are meant to support you, who are meant to encourage you, who are meant to take care of you, are actually saying the opposite, then it is not a safe place to be. And that is not an environment that I myself would not want to work in. And I wouldn't want any of my friends to work in. The phrase, clean up your house, in terms of gymnastics, in terms of the bullying, in terms of the way that the Metropolitan Police deal with athletes, is the most appropriate phrase. Clean up your house. You need to treat people well. And on both sides, of uh, the world of sport, when it comes to dealing with individuals, it seems that those in power, those that have the, uh, the, the responsibility to take care of individuals and their needs and their emotional state and their well-being, considering we have just come out of what has been a very historic period of lockdown with the coronavirus, that you would not expect those things to happen. We are glad that those stories have come to light. We are glad that people are actually talking about them. But can you imagine what it would have been like for those individuals if they weren't brave enough to talk about what they have had to endure for many, many years? And we're only at the beginning of the week. We're probably on day two, Tuesday. Tuesday, this is amazing. On Wednesday, uh, <laughs> The middle of the week is always strange. You're kind of thinking, what's going to happen? How are things going to pan out in terms of story? We are finally in the know with regards to the world of football. We're back with football. Uh, there was an incident which took place some time ago where fans were abusive to a particular individual and a footballer took it upon themselves to go into the crown to remonstrate with said fan because they were actually abusing their family member. Uh, we're in the know now, uh, despite the incident which took place with Eric Dyer some time ago before lockdown, his punishment was announced this week. He was warned uh, on his future conduct and he was banned for four games. Eric Dyer reacted, uh, obviously, as he would do, to his brother being abused by fans or a group of fans in a normal, instinctive way to protect his family, a very normal reaction. But in the world of sport, you're not meant to do that. In the world of football, this is not permitted. This is not from role models. This is nothing normal about this incident at all. Abuse isn't normal, but it has been normalized by those who say it is normal. Let's think about it. Abuse is not normal, but it has been normalized by those who say it is not normal. And in football, we say 
or say we as fans, and I am one of them, we say that abuse is normal, but it is not normal. Abuse is never normal, but we normalize it in our language. We normalize it in our conversation because we think it is okay. It is okay, and it is not okay. It isn't okay. It's not okay for the gymnasts to be bullied, and it's not okay for family members of sports stars to be abused or bullied. It isn't. Um, Spurs are the ones that need to actually kind of think about what they're going to do in the long term. Spurs will no doubt feel that the backlash is coming their way. They have lost uh, a valuable player for a number of games and they hope as they are trying to in the, the games that they're left to to secure a decent position in the league as they move towards whether it is European football or no football in Europe. Uh, the question that we have to consider, or should I say the Spurs hierarchy and owners need to consider is where do they put family members of players? Do they put them in the section where the fans are? Um, do they allow fans to get close to family members? Should they be given a particular box? Should fans of players club together and buy a box? Should the players buy a box? Should the club donate boxes to the players' families? All of these questions should really kind of come forward in any future discussion. But if the ramifications or the follow-on in terms of the steps of Eric Dyer's actions going into the crowd, which is, you know, dangerous for him because you never know what's going to happen when a football player leaves the pitch and goes amongst a crowd who have been drinking heavily, um, how that's going to end. The club need to think about how they're going to take care of their fans and their family because the players are their family and they need to take care of not only the players on the pitch but their extended family because they are as one. The world has changed in terms of what we expect to see and hear. Um, there is a sea change in terms of abuse and what people will want to hear on and what they won't put up with anymore. Uh, the, the time has come. In terms of football experience, um, what does it mean for Eric Dyer's family? Will they want to go back to the games and watch in, in the crowds where they were? Or will they reconsider in them, themselves and actually stay away? Uh, this may be uh, the case, but should the family member or any of the team uh, wish to con continue bringing their families to the grounds, then they need to have a serious conversation as to what happens next. My my feeling on it is that they need to be seated in the corporate area where they are actually safe. Abuse of players, abuse of fans, abuse of family members uh, is not something that you expect, but it has been documented before. This incident itself sheds light on the atmosphere that most family members probably go through when they go to a game, and especially if their family member or the player is not playing well and they want to go and watch the game like any other fan. They want to support their loved ones, they want to support the team that they have supported for quite some time, and they should be able to do so without any kind of abuse or fear of being abused. Um, what next and how Spurs go forward is, is, is an interesting one, but it, it's, it has shed a light on uh, the, the, the complex uh, dilemma that players have when it comes to their families going to games and what families should consider when they go to watch their family members play football but you know we we now know uh, more big news not wednesday but thursday uh, the words unlock especially um, used in the world of politics you know after they've had a vote it's very very 
very telling, excuse me. Hmm. The words unlock sounds familiar to um, British politicians, British Parliament. But in the work in, in the sporting world, it's very, 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 very different. Um, the big man himself, the prime minister, has uh, stated that certain things will come back into operation. They're opening up. Great joy. People will go spinning around. Pools are going to reopen. Gyms are going to reopen. Sports facilities are going to reopen. People are going to go back outside and play team sports. And, you know, at some point, uh, outdoor, outdoor gigs will resume and everything else. And you go swimming in the Lido, the outdoor, outdoor pool. Make sure you shower at home. Don't linger in the changing rooms. Do all of those things. Uh, but these things won't necessarily happen until the end of July. It's not long. But it is really important for the British public that they know that they can, and around the world, get back to doing some kind of sporting activity. We've been sitting at home uh, watching sport return. Like I've said, there's football return, cricket has returned, tennis to a degree, M uh, motor racing has returned. And we've seen sports stars, our, our heroes, run up and down and get fit. Uh, the nation's mental health is is definitely something that needs a boost and to do that they need to be outside people need to be outside and enjoying themselves playing sport running around being active going swimming and a lot of people like to go swimming that is their cardio that is their thing and it's really really important the phrase healthy body healthy mind is always on the minds of so many people i myself think the same i like to go out and exercise in something every day because it kind of gives me a boost the importance of exercise is is has always been mentioned throughout lockdown. It was you know going out for an hour. It was highlighted at every step. Or, you know after a Zoom meeting, after a Skype call, after your uh, Microsoft Team breakout. You know there was this need to go out and exercise as much as we're talking online and all of those other things that we do. We still need to go out and be active. We exercise the body is treated to the endorphin chemical which triggers positive feelings in the body and the mind and we need to be upbeat we need to be uplifted sport is so important so important in terms of our existence you some of us generally have taken it for granted but i haven't I've, i enjoyed going for a cycle today i can tell you that it was hard but i did it uh, i very much doubt that after this period of, of lockdown in this history for the next 20 years or so i'd say i'm being bold that we will ever 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 take uh, going for a swim going for a walk going for a bike ride or going to the gym for granted again it, it, we started to talk about the football and the young and the old foxes vardy greenwood um saka scoring goals doing great things but it was var var at it again um what can i say the individuals behind the scenes you know smoke and mirrors guy they're doing it the indecision the inability to to make decisions their lack of consistency their constant continued brain racking uh, around the drama let's long it out let's take our time to make a decision has actually driven managers around the bend when something should be clear penalty is not a penalty when something sh shouldn't be a penalty it is a penalty uh, it's 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 mind mind-boggling i have no idea and the referee almost looks like a puppet on a string we've no idea absolutely no idea at all in terms of the games that took place in the week which i mentioned are the spurs game against bournemouth and the aston villa game against manchester united in both games there were VAR decisions which were extremely 
questionable. The lack of the decision and the decision. One was definitely a penalty, one should never have been a penalty. The people in VAR, the VAR people, the guys pressing the buttons and turning the knobs and all of those things, they're going absolute. I don't know what they're doing. The, the, the fans are going crazy, the pundits are going crazy, the football players are going crazy, the managers are going crazy. Please, 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 just, just keep it simple. Keep it simple. You know, we could even say the coronavirus was to blame for VAR being worse than it was before the lockdown. I don't know. I could be bold. But please, those who are controlling VAR, keep it simple. It's clear to see that something is clearly wrong. That's how clear it is. It's clear to see something's clearly wrong. Yeah, decision making by those individuals is all over the place. It keeps moving from one place to another. And the only thing that's becoming more clear is that the individuals who are actually controlling VAR want to become important, want to be talked about. That becomes clearer every time because every time there is a major decision about VAR, they're making it so complicated and they're doing almost the opposite to what everyone else is seeing. The technology is not to blame. The technology was never to blame. VAR very accurate recording of what we saw the first time. It is the individuals who are then making up their own interpretation of what they saw and then imprinting it on the game. It needs to stop. It's spoiling the game, it's spoiling the fun for fans, it's spoiling the result for managers and honestly everyone who's involved and engaged in football and probably not just in the UK but in, in any European country who's using VAR probably saying please, please, please Will you get a grip of what you're doing and understand the rules and just make it clear? You know, what can I say? It's, it's, it's that, it, is, it is that bad. When you play in a game and the VAR is the most important person in the stadium, the individuals that are actually operating by and something is going wrong and it needs to change and it should change now or at least yesterday. Decisions need to be taken by the referee and he should actually look at the monitor to check things out. That's what he should do. Now, sport has been all over the place. We watched so much of it and I've mentioned that, you know, the return of sport has been great. Formula One, lots there. Swimming, people are getting out and about in the Lido, good for them. We've seen athletes stopped and searched. Aggressively, we've seen and heard gymnasts uh, make claim about being abused, being called fat, being asked to get weighed regularly. Emotional trauma, not what we expect in terms of the world of sport that everyone loves because we like sport. But in terms of cricket, the game that I don't necessarily enjoy myself because I never enjoyed it as a child, we saw two individuals in the week talk from the heart tears, emotion about their journey as black people, about their life experience within the world of cricket, male and female, legends in the game. Ebony Rainford Brent and Holding, Douglas Holding, Mr Holding to those who are not sure, shared their experience about racism and how they were treated and what they saw and what the education system did or didn't do around them, to them, influence them 
and the individuals within their immediate circle, the phrases used, how they spoke to them, how they were spoken to, um, has shaped them and shaped their view. It is easy to understand and hear what they have to say. I was shocked that the mainstream media were shocked at what Mr. Holding said. He didn't say anything that I hadn't heard before. He didn't say anything that I hadn't mentioned before in private conversations at home with friends or in just gatherings in barbershops or clubs, sports bars, wherever, you know, it's one of those. They shared their thoughts to mainstream media about their growing up experience, about education and playing cricket, all while under the cloud of racism, the constant microaggressions they faced, the constant comments, the comments that you know and I know, and some of them are, you know, um, why don't you, or um, your lot, or um, where are you really from? Um, all of those comments came flooding out, and education was the key. Painful to hear and see for everyone, for everyone, painful to hear and see for everyone. Um, but I believe, I mean, I may have mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. No one really likes to hear that, that they are not regarded as being nice. No one wants to acknowledge that they may have been racist or have been aggressive or have been unkind or they've bullied or they have said something uh, hurtful. No one wants to hear those words. But the words by Ebony and the words by Douglas were very, very, very close to everyone's heart, regardless of where you were from. And they struck home. They struck home. Um, their words carried weight. Their words carried truth and their words were difficult to accept and sometimes the truth is difficult to accept, you know, from both of the statements and the speeches made by both of the cricket legends, you know, at the core, at the core of it was the need for education. Um, education has been the one constant thing, you know, whether you're being an athlete, you stop by the police, the police need to be educated as to how they handle uh, black sports stars. Um, education is at the heart of the bullying claim within the world of gymnastics because, you know, you don't. You need to educate yourself on how you get the best out of people and not by bullying. Education is key. It's regarded as the tool to change the world. You know, everyone says how important education is. But this is one thing that we need to get clear about education. We have to recognize that is this same tool, education, that has made the world what it is today. For the world to change, the world of education must change. So real change can actually take place. So as much as education is seen as key, and we go through life and we talk about 
how can someone be so cruel? How can someone use such hurtful words? How can someone bully? How can someone be racist? How can, how can, how can? At the core of it, we always come back to the same thing, education. All of the individuals who have been accused of bullying, accused of racist approaches, language, behavior, they've all been educated. None of them have been uneducated. So if we're, we're going to go down the route of education being the tool for change, then we must understand that education itself must change because the world we're in right now is because of the education system and the educational tools and the educational messages that we have heard for many years have brought us to the place where we are right now. Everything must change. So let's make it happen. That, that, that was uh, the Sunday show. Very heavy, very heavy. And I must do a little shout out to Jessica who stayed with me. Jessica, how are you? I hope you're well. Rasmus is in the house. It's a very different format very different format but i do hope you enjoy it i go through uh the week and pick out the, the the hot topics to discuss and just feedback to you um as to what happens next this is going to be it from me this sunday show it's all about cleaning house the world of athletics needs to clean its house the police needs to clean its house Education needs to clean its house. Gymnastics needs to clean its house. VAR needs to clean its house. Everyone just needs to clean their house. Clean their house and let education come in. And that needs to clean its house as well. And then we can all live happily ever after. This was the Sunday show. I'm Rodney Cyrus. Please do stay in touch, like, share, and follow on Twitter. And uh, I'll see you guys very well, I'll see you guys very soon. Bye for now.